Hello, and welcome to Endpoint Management Today. I am Rhonda Studenick-Kaiser, and I'm the Director of Customer Experience for BigFix. And I'm James Stewart, BigFix Automation Expert. Today, we want to talk about BigFix Days. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, BigFix Days is our virtual user conference. We held the first BigFix Days event in April 2020, mostly because we realized that with the move from to work from home for so many of our customers and their employees, as well as travel restrictions, that we were going to need to get creative in continuing to give back and collaborate with the Big Fix community. So Big Fix Days was born. We've held 10 events so far, and we're about to kick off promotion of our upcoming Big Fix Days EMEA event that's scheduled for the 7th and 8th of June. More on that coming soon. It takes a lot of work and dedication from our entire Big Fix community here at HCL to pull this off, and we're really grateful to everyone who participates. Even though many people are returning to normal office and travel schedules, our intention is to keep providing virtual user conferences. We really just want to give back to our customers and show them how they can better use Big Fix, showcase new capabilities that we're, uh, that we're introducing into the world, and also how we and our customers are innovating on the back of Big Fix and the Big Fix platform. And we do plan to have some in-person events as well in the future, but we really want to have just kind of a, a mix of both of those. So today we wanted to highlight a few of the sessions from our most recent Americas event, which was held on the 19th and 20th of April. If you want to see the full presentation, you can visit our, our Big Fix channel for replays. The link will be in the show notes. Don Moss, Big Fix Technical Advisor, introduced management of Internet of Things devices and Raspberry Pi using Big Fix. Raspberry Pi and Windows IoT Enterprise are two of the leading and fastest growing IoT platforms on the market. Here's a bit of the conversation. Uh, so for Windows IoT uh, Enterprise, is a particular agent build required to be identified or be available for patching your content? Or was there a modification of the relevance for the existing content uh, to enable for IoT devices? So again, this is a Windows 10 device. And with that said, the, the only constraint you have is managing that right filter at the current time that we are aware of. That right filter controls, it's kind of like a maintenance window. It's a protector that the device will not do anything, will not take any updates or any patches or anything unless that filter is off. So now that said, Pivoting back to the original comment, it's a Windows 10 device. And so we don't have out-of-the-box content yet. However, Jared, in his time that he spared for us, was able to help us to see just how efficient those commands, I think I showed these to you uh, a little earlier, this write filter commands, what they can do for you and how you would then leverage that tool set to turn it off and then apply whatever you do to that Windows 10 device. And then, of course, turn it back on. I mentioned the fact that can be done as a pre, turn it on, postscript, turn it off, or vice versa. So we don't have any specific Windows 10 IoT patch content out of the box? No, because technically... Or is it just the same Windows 10 content right it's the same windows 10 content 
Jason Walker, part of our Big Fix Innovation team, talked a lot about how we've used Big Fix to be able to provide added value to our customer as it relates to zero-day vulnerabilities. We want to help organizations get the best information they can as quickly as possible, uh, show them how they can leverage Big Fix to be an integral part of reaction to these kinds of events and how we think Big Fix will continue to adopt and evolve in order to be able to provide greater information to our customers in the future. Here's a clip from that presentation. Um, so that's not to say that they were necessarily vulnerable on all of those, but just having that visibility and knowing where Log4j was in both your your licensed software, your, your freeware, and the things that you're developing in-house, that was extremely valuable. And how long in that customer, how long did it take them to find it? I mean, are, are we talking days, weeks, months? Days. Yeah. yeah um, that is was unreal. So, you know, the, they staggered scans over days. They, they could have found it all very quickly. But, you know, just based on, on good CM process, they, they, you know, run a scan through their test machines first. They want to make sure the scan itself is not going to cause outages and, and blow things up. Right. And then they start it with their internet facing things and they scan the DMZs and then they start scanning uh, end user workstations and production servers. And you know they had this whole series of stepping through QA systems and then production systems. Uh, but yeah, within the end of that first week or so, I think they had found tens of thousands of, of instances and were able to get a, a handle on just how big of a scope this problem was. That is fantastic. Now, it kind of goes back to the, the question I get frequently from customers, you know, how fast can Big Fix do this, whatever this is? Uh, <laughs> I've, the answer is normally, how fast can your change controls let me move? Right. That That's what I've been saying for over a decade. We, we can deploy things faster than you can approve deploying them. Bruce Clayton from Big Fix Professional Services and Zane Sanderson from Big Fix Technical Advisors presented on inventory for containers, uh, which is a new functionality recently introduced into Big Fix. Ever wonder how many containers are running in your environment or what software is in them? With Big Fix Inventory for Containers, you can now readily answer these questions. This is a bit of the conversation that was shared. So you've got your disconnected scanner in here, which this new scanner will use. It will spin up this scanner service to then scan that file. So it actually pulls the image from your Docker container, from the repo that the Docker container is listed, mounts it. So uh, your service of where you're running this needs to have Docker enabled as well. It mounts that image uh, and then runs the disconnected scanner on that image and then cleans up. So, you know, it's going to use some disks and resources while it's spinning up, scanning that, and then, you know, dropping that container and cleaning up. Spins up another one, scans it, drops it, cleans it. So it's constantly running that uh, and doing that, that cycle through it to scan all the information from there. But once you've set it up, it's all automatic. As soon as it, it gets notified from the control plane that it's a new container, the container, the cloud adapter then connects, scans that. Um, every, believe it's every 10 minutes, goes through and scans by default. You can configure uh, those numbers in your config file about how often you want it to connect. Same with the scanner service, how often it wants to do that. And the scanner service is only going to process new containers coming through. So if there's a changing container, 
it will actually process that new change. And then it's the matter of when you set up your data imports to happen. So if you set your data imports to only once a day, then that updated information is only going to pull into your BFI inventory service once a day. Our next speaker and relevance expert, John Talbert, demos writing relevance with the Fixlet debugger. In the following clip, John answers a question from the audience about relevance documentation. Any questions about the first one from the field? Well, we do have one question out there. Uh, is there a document or lesson online on relevance commands? Yes. Developer.bigfix.com is your best friend. Uh, getting started, relevance language. There's a tutorial, a guide all out here on developer.bigfix.com. Um, there's also this relevance expector search. If I want to look at all the stuff that's current, because we've got a lot of them, current analysis, current console user, current day of week, current day of month, current day of year, current fixlet. Uh, there's all kinds of current ones. And that's how I would have found these things. I can also look for like an object. If I've, you know, I've got a time and I click into one of these, here's all the ways I can create a time object, right? Creation. And here's all the, once I've got a, oh, there's a lot of creation methods here. And once I've got a time object, what properties does that time object have? It's got an extrema, a maximum, a minimum, a time time zone, uh, all kinds of things you can do with a time once you get a time object. Our own JG Stu, uh, my podcast co-host extraordinaire, part of our Big Fix Innovation team and automation engineer, um, showed us how we could leverage the Big Fix API to interactively um, work with Python and show some cool functions that were built in and how easy they are to use. JG is always popular in our Big Fix Days events, and here's a little of what he shared. And I'm really here to talk about this Bez API Python wrapper that actually started with Matt Hansen, who I worked with uh, as a customer, and I've kind of taken over uh, maintaining it and using it. So get into that. You could consider this um, basically an SDK in a sense, a software development kit or an easy way to work with the Big Fix REST API using Python. Um, the other cool part of it, which I'm mostly going to be focused on, is there's actually a command line interface for this um, REST API wrapper, which allows you to do stuff interactively with the Big Fix REST API in ways that go much further than some others. And so that's really what I'm going to focus on is the command line aspect of it, but I'll also show off the examples that work with uninstaller automation. So what is the Bez API? Well, first of all, um, there's the BigFix REST API, which allows you to interact with BigFix um, you know, using an API. But the Bez API uh, Python module is just a Python library to make it much easier to work with the REST API. Uh, part of that is um, allowing you to save credentials to a file and log in automatically and, and do stuff automatically that way. Um, also automatically validating the login capabilities. Um, automatically validating the, the XML that you're sending to the BigFix uh, server, but also the XML that comes back from the BigFix server. And again, a cool command line interface that I'm going to show off. So how do you get it? So one way is you install Python, and then through Python, you can do pip install bez API, and that will install this library for you. 
So install Python and then install Bez API with this pip command. And then how do we run it? Well, we just do Python M Bez API, and that will actually run it as a module and actually run the interactive command line interface uh, for us automatically if you run it this way. You can also, in a Python script, you can import Bez API and then use the functions and use Bez API to write your own scripts. And I will show that, you know, as like a kind of a second part of all this. But that's really all there is to it. Dave Tamalo, Big Fix Technical Advisor, showed us a detailed look at, at an alternate method used by Big Fix Compliance to audit AIX systems, as well as some elements of Linux and even Windows SQL servers that you may not be aware of. Here is some of this talk. But just kind of for background, um, you know, a lot of the compliance module contains content that I would call the standard compliance approach. Uh, and this applies to pretty much all Windows operating system checks and the majority of Linux checks. Uh, and what you see on the screen is kind of an example of what I term the standard approach. Um, this is that same screenshot a little bit larger. You know, and you can see that we've got what you would expect, uh, in this case, a couple of relevance checks, uh, one for operating system and one for checking the value of some registry key. Does it exist? Does it have a certain value? That kind of thing. And then this particular Windows check also has a built-in remediation, which is a fairly standard action script, right? In this case, one line calling um, reg exe to make some sort of update, right? So like say, that's what I would term um, the standard approach. Compliance in particular also uh, contains what I would term non-standard content from a big fix approach as it were. And this really goes for pretty much uh, all AIX audit checklists uh, and Mac OS audit checklists. Um, some Linux audit checklists use a similar approach, although it's a little bit different, but conceptually it's all the same. And what I found recently is that even um, like the Windows checklist for SQL Server takes this approach. They, the terms are a little bit different, but the overall approach, as it turns out, is, is pretty much the same thing. Uh, and again, this is an example of a piece of content um, taking that non-standard approach and enlarging it on the screen so you can read it a little bit better. Uh, in this case, this one's out of uh, the, the DSIS DIG checklist for AIX7. Uh, and there is, to start with, a standard relevance check for operating system and version. But then the second relevance check is actually parsing a file of a particular name, this AIX7 whatever whatever dot results out of this particular folder. And you look at that, and if you're like me, you just kind of go, huh? And you know, scratch your head. Um, and then for the action script, there is remediation built in on this, but in this case, it's running something called runme.sh. Well, again, what? You know, so this is what we're gonna look at a little bit under the hood.
Have you ever had personnel who are moving back and forth from multiple offices, especially now in the time of work from home? Wouldn't it be nice if you had an assistant to add and remove printers for them based on which office they were visiting? Harry Penner from our Big Fix Professional Services team showed us how to do this job and uh, gives us some ideas on how we could use the same technology to automate other capabilities. Here's a little bit of that dialogue. The basic idea behind this is um, when you have uh, users who travel between locations, dealing with their printers can sometimes be a hassle. You know, they they go uh, to one office, they you know they have to print, they have to you know add printers for that. They go to a different office, they have different printers there, and then they you know be, they visit five offices before you know it, they've got you know like thirty printers, uh, and they don't know what to use, and um, you know and and they can't work satisfactorily. So what this does is uh, when they go to an office, it adds the printers for that office. And when they've been away from that office for some amount of time, it takes them back away. So it leverages some tools that you probably already know about, such as the subnet by or location by subnet property. And I added something called something that that keeps track of what locations you've been to so that we can know when to get rid of those printers, you know, when they're sort of uh, stale and should be removed. Uh, And then the rest is, you know, just tasks for adding and removing printers, you know, basic bread and butter stuff. Uh, What I'm going to show you is uh, this actually working and show you some of the contents so that we can dig into how it's actually done. Gary Lau and Michael Schwartz from Big Fix Professional Services walked everyone through how to generate tickets in ServiceNow when an action taken by Big Fix fails. As enterprises mature, their patching operations, automated notifications are crucial components. This is really exciting and one that I, I had the most time with at Big Fix Days. I'm just really excited about the, the capability. Um, this is something I always wanted to be able to do in my uh, life in Big Fix. So I was really excited to see this uh, coming to fruition. And here's an excerpt of this presentation. What are we going to show you today? This is an outline of uh, what's going to happen in our demo. We're going to take a look at some actions in the Big Fix console that have been sitting there uh, completed. We're going to show you that some of them have failed. We're going to take a compiled binary of our Python script. We're going to show you the execution uh, of it. And we're going to show you that we, in fact, generate tickets for the existing failed patch actions. Then we're going to fire off uh, a baseline action right here in this session that is going to succeed on some computers and fail on some computers. Uh, while that action is running, we'll we'll go through showing you the tickets we generated when we ran the script the first time. We're going to take a look at the data artifacts the script leaves behind. And then finally, we're going to check on the status of that baseline. We should see that it's failed. And I'm actually going to very quickly step you through the code in a debugger to show you what it does. Then we'll open it up for questions and answers. So this is just a taste of uh, Big Fix Days. Uh, As we mentioned at the top of the show, these replays are available on our go-to-stage capability on our Big Fix channel. 
the link is in the in the show notes and we'd be really excited for you to go and check those out and get the full details of everything that was presented. And you can follow our Big Fix events page to find out when the next Big Fix Days is scheduled for your region of the world. Thanks very much for joining us today. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today on Endpoint Management Today. This podcast is a brainchild of myself and Rhonda. The program is edited by me, James Stewart, and Rhonda. Original music from Dan Corcoran, Big Fix Specialist. 